Welcome, Scotty, my man, to the Energy Captains. Uh, Whitney Holtzman, uh, Cam Lynch here, and, and our guest, Brother Scotty. Scotty, how are you doing? I appreciate it. I'm uh, doing well. I'm excited and, and honored and humbled uh, and excited to see how this thing goes, and I know it's going to be awesome. Just so you know, the honor is all ours. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Scotty. Even though you're a Notre Dame grad, it, it's all good. We, we enjoy your presence here uh, on Energy Captains. Me being a Syracuse grad, it's kind of tough to, to see this happening now, but we're going to mend ties. We're going to mend them. Can we talk about the times that you played each other? Like, did you win at all? Oh, <laughs> well, Florida Gator Whitney Holtzman is rubbing it in. Even though Syracuse's record, we're, we're 15 this year in the country. Uh, Notre Dame, I'm thinking, was what, top four because you were in the playoffs, right? Um, but, yes, right. We, we lost we lost twice to – or t- two or three times in Notre Dame, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was always fun playing Syracuse, you know, obviously on the coast. And, you know, being from Notre Dame, we had the opportunity to play a lot of schools uh, – you know, with Syracuse being the ACC, it was definitely a lot of fun to go out there and play those guys. And, you know, obviously to get the win, then that's always fun. That's yeah, I was going to say it was like, fun you know, because you it was a guaranteed W. <laughs> well, I mean, coming from, <laughs> I said, like I said, Florida was not ranked this year. So don't, let's not get that twisted. You know, Syracuse <laughs> and Notre Dame, we were, we were in the top 20 at least. Look, as long as we were better than FSU. In fact, everyone this year called Respect. May 7th FSU Day because they were 5 and 7. <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 pretty brutal. Uh, my favorite thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I do not like Florida State. Uh, I did play with James Winston, but I do not like Florida State. I respect him, but I don't like him. No, I don't like him either. Uh, that that's one thing we can definitely agree on, Kim. I am not a fan of Florida State. We played him in 2014, and we had a heartbreaking loss. Oh my gosh! I don't know if you guys remember, but we had to down to the last play. We're about to go score, win the game, and we score a touchdown. But we got a call back on offensive pass interference. And no. Is that when they went? It was it was a top five game at Florida State College game day was there. We were both undefeated, like national championship, like pretty much like on the line at that point of the year and it was just a heartbreaker. It was is, terrible. Is that when they won the Natty? Uh that wasn't that was when they won the Natty, yeah. No, it was the year after. That was the twenty fourteen. So they won twenty thirteen. We played in twenty fourteen. But uh yeah, it was an amazing atmosphere, obviously. It was definitely cool playing there but that that, that one still stings you know deep, deep, still to this day yeah that was that uh, national championship team at Florida State was the best team that I've ever played against in my life we lost I think 52 to 0 and they they played hangman against us at, at halftime so that was pretty embarrassing for me so I really don't like Florida State <laughs> that just shows their character right there well now we're all one big happy family that we're all Florida State haters in fact maybe we need to change the name of the podcast <laughs> From energy captains to, to the Florida, Florida State, State haters, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Honestly, a seminal. I mean, what you, you know, it's like a little controversial these days. Uh. Like it's not super PC. You're talking to a girl who works at the racial equality organization. Mm. I was never on board with that, and it's like they're not subtle about it. Like he rides out on a horse with a spear. Like I mean, come on, it's yeah. 2019. Yeah, I'm quarter Native American too, so I'm like ah, I feel some type of way about it a little you bit. You are. You're I, I am quarter. I'm quarter. What did you do? Like a 23 and me? Uh, no, I did a uh, what? what what's the uh, <laughs> What's the uh, the family? Not the family tree. What's it oh, called? Like the genetic, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ancestry. Ancestry dot com. Yeah, did the ancestry dot com, and uh, and I got my my ancestry, uh, my history through that. So yeah. Look, we're all learning here on this podcast. Yeah. Okay, so Scott, um, I was telling Cam how we met. 
Um, Scott, when I went to present to the AAF, um, you were with the San Antonio Commanders, and Scott sat in the front row. I mean, A-plus right there. Oh, wow. Already my favorite person in the room, and we had some technical difficulties getting the presentation set, set up, and Scott entertained me the whole time. He was so nice. He wrote me the nicest email afterwards, mm. and Scott, would you say, like, out of 10, my presentation was, what, like a 14? I mean, where would you rank it? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely, like, off the scale. I mean, it was awesome. It was definitely a nice little switch up. Like that day we had like three presenters lined up and they just kind of knocked it out like in one day. And like you were the last one. So like before we're kind of like, oh, we got another presenter here. But then you brought the energy, you brought the juice and like easily lifted us up. Me especially, like it lifted us up. And this is an awesome way to kind of wrap it up and be able to hear your experiences, what you do. And just talking about creating your brand and how powerful social media is, talking about camp story and how you been able to them and how it was just awesome. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, eight out of eight teams, they put me the last hour out of three. You know, and people had already been sitting for two. You would think that, except everyone was just so ready to get up and get out of the room. Every time I walked in a room, they're like, oh, someone else. So I was like, all right, I really have to bring the fire. And hopefully, like, this information is interesting enough that, um, you know, they're going to be intrigued. And whether he actually felt it or not, Scott pretended to be the biggest cheerleader of all time for my presentation. I will never forget that. Scott's an energy captain. Thank you, Scott, for being an uh, energy captain early on in your in your lifetime, I got. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No, I think that's the biggest thing that really set Whitney apart and, you know, just the energy that she brought, the positivity and just, you know, being passionate about what she does and definitely spoke volumes. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, I'm sure you get asked all all the time, and I was only there for a short amount of time, but I loved the AAF. I always say, like, in other jobs that I've been in, you're like, okay, I really like Susie and IT and Jim and marketing, but everyone I met in the AAF was such a high-quality person, and the football was amazing as well. Yeah, it yeah. It was, yeah, it was definitely. Go ahead, uh, Scott, go yeah, ahead. It was, that, <laughs> that was so good. Uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely better you know um it was a, an incredible opportunity you know it was you know coming up and made up in a short amount of time and you know everyone in there especially in san antonio uh with my experience there everyone was, was just just bought in from day one you know from the, the front office staff the coaches the players everyone just loved the game football that was there and didn't, didn't take um a, a single day for granted and just loved it every single step of the way and we had a, just a great program everything set up there was awesome and it was definitely unfortunate that it couldn't you know a full season or, or go beyond that but it was just an incredible experience to be able to you know have that memories and yeah brother brother scott daly here on energy captain's podcast discussing his time at the aaf so i understand that you were with the cowboys prior to being uh being at the aaf how was that transition and how was getting going from being playing with the cowboys in jerry's world in that massive uh market uh, uh football to going to a- the aaf uh, a new league um and yeah how, how was that for you it was an awesome experience you know obviously playing for the cowboys and america's team uh you know, it's definitely the best of the best and just a first class organization all the way through and just a very humbling experience to be able to compete with, you know, the best in the game and the best of the best and um, to be able to have the opportunity to be surrounded by such great guys to be able to compete. Obviously, it didn't turn out the way that I intended, but um, it was just a tremendous experience to be able to put my, you know, put my stuff out there on film and be able to play in the four preseason games. And, um, you know, I've, well, luckily, it definitely uh, was the opportunity that helped lead me to the commanders. Um, you know, obviously, we had our GM, uh, Daryl Moose Johnson. He was a, a big player for the Cowboys, you know, three-time Super Bowl champion. He was our general manager, and um, he called up the Cowboys and, you know, did a little background check to make sure that I was uh, legit or not. And uh, <laughs> luckily, he reached out to me and offered me a contract. And, 
know, at the, my time with the Commanders, and it was definitely just an awesome, incredible experience. Yeah, how was your time with the Commanders? How was that whole season? How did that How did that turn out for you? It was great. It was just probably it was the most fun I've ever had playing football. It was just guys that just loved to be there, from the coaches to the front office staff to the players. Everyone was just so bought in, kind of knowing with the mindset, knowing that we didn't know how long this thing was going to last. You know, it's a startup league. There's obviously a lot of question marks and stuff that go into it. You know, um, but overall it was incredible. We didn't know kind of what to expect. You know. Uh, but it was run like a like a pro league. It was incredible. You know, we had great competition, great football, and to be able to compete for for a championship that was awesome. Obviously, it would have been great to, um, you know, finish out the season like uh, like we intended. But uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, and uh, yeah, it's just the way it is. I'm glad it wasn't all downhill after my presentation. I thought <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe Scott will think this is the highlight, and everything else is like playing for second. But it sounds like the football was actually pretty great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. Wow, and you said you said it was the best time playing football behind, like in front of Notre Dame. Like it was better than being at Notre Dame. It was. It was just different. I mean, it was just guys and coaches. Everyone was just so bought in. Like obviously, Notre Dame was an incredible experience. I'm so grateful for that to be able to compete for national championships year in year out. To yeah. have the experience I had academically, athletically, and spiritually was awesome. But I think just for everyone, everyone was just on the same page. Everyone was just so mm. bought in of the game and you know i think just having that that mindset that you know we didn't know how long the season was going to last so we just try to enjoy every single day and be able to create friendships and memories and just how the entire city of san antonio kind of just was behind us from day one you know from not having a fan base to having thirty thousand fans in the stadium which is an amazing amazing experience and it was just a lot of fun it was fun you know just playing the game football the game that we love and you know obviously wish it could have went a little longer but Again, everything happens for a reason. Do you have dual residency in Texas at this point after now playing for two teams there? <laughs> uh, I definitely love Texas. Uh, Texas Scott is- loves Texas. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I can definitely see why. I mean, just having the experience in Dallas and San Antonio, just two great cities. Um, you know, I had the um, opportunity to go visit San Antonio. I had some friends that lived down there right after graduation. So I got a little taste of it, um, but to be able to live in San Antonio and Dallas, um, just two great cities, and I'm starting to lean in towards, you know, maybe moving down to Texas if uh, things turn Wow, out. Texas won you over. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a landslide, no doubt. Wow. There's no state tax out there, too, so that's pretty nice oh, as I well. Yeah, like Florida, there's no state tax, so your money goes a little longer. No wonder there. Scott loves Texas. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, finance yeah. guy. Right. Speaking of which, you know, you mentioned to me that you're studying for the Series 7. For the people who might not know, what is a Series 7? How do you study for it? And what do you hope to do with it? Yeah, so I'm studying for the Series 7 right now, you know, obviously trying to, you know, have have a plan B in case football doesn't go the way that I intended. Um, But, um, yeah, so obviously going down the football route, but also studying for this on the side. And right now it's for anyone that pretty much wants it's a general securities exam so pretty much people who want to get in the world of being a financial advisor so um i was able to have an in through my parents financial advisor and he's been a great mentor for me kind of showing me the ropes and um you know kind of uh allow me to go down this route if i wanted to so i took him up on it and starting to study for that and um i have a in-class exam um that starts in two weeks uh so i've been doing more like a lot of like studying and reading and kind of like you know, taking quizzes and exams and stuff, just get me ready for that. And um, just hoping to, you know, be a financial advisor with that and trying to give people, you know, peace of mind when they're 
dealing with money and whether it's saving for kids' educations or saving for this, saving for that, and just trying to give people peace of mind and just use my talents and abilities to help people as best I can. What what sparked your interest with this? Like what what got you going? Like man, I want to do this. I want to be a financial advisor. Was it your your parents' financial advisor and he and looking up to him while you're growing up? Like oh, he's awesome, or was it just something that clicked at, at some point? Yeah, I mean, I've he's been a family friend for a very long time. My parents are one of his first clients, and I got to kind of follow him and you know, his journey of what he does, and just seeing the impact that he has on uh, on everyday families, and um, just uh, you know, just giving them them the peace of mind to you know not to worry about you know because obviously finance is a very stressful um, thing to worry about, and you know obviously whether it's being the NFL or uh, no matter what, obviously like like how much money you make, um, you know, it's definitely a thing yeah, that's always in your mind. So just to give people a, a sort of peace of mind, I thought that was a really cool way to. And use my uh, gifts and abilities to help people in that way. And so how soon can we hire you, first of all? And secondly, do you have any pieces of financial advice at this stage of the process that we can apply to our own lives nice. that Are I can you, do with my $10? Yeah, yeah great question. <laughs> That's actually a great question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you guys are hiring, I will definitely, you know, look, look into applications. And <laughs> Perfect. That. Obviously, when Energy Captains goes worldwide, we're going to need a financial advisor. Yes. Um, yes. So, yes. Very, very smart move on, on your guys' part, yeah. I got to say. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think just, um, you know, just obviously being conscious and trying to find, you know, different ways to, you know, kind of find like tax loopholes and be able to just save your money in, in every single way. You know, obviously in different states, they have different laws and regulations. And, you know, just trying to look at, you know, there are definitely things that people think that they know. And obviously when you like look into it more deeper, that there are things that, you know, the everyday buyer and consumer doesn't really understand. So I think just being able to educate people and being able to just allow people and guide them throughout uh, you know, the whole money process is definitely cool. Yeah, and I like how you said give them a peace of mind. I like that might have to be your motto while while studying for this test and while building your brand as a financial advisor. And it's it's pretty cool that being an athlete, playing for the Cowboys, playing playing for the NAAF, like that's pretty awesome that you'll be able to help athletes as well, give them advice, give them a peace of mind essentially. And so right now we're going through this phase um, in, in football where pretty soon here we're going to go on a lockout, right, in like 2021, I think. So uh, what's your advice for athletes um, and their saving habits and getting ready for this lockout and um, having going to a point where money won't be made for us? And I just want to jump in and say, as someone who had no idea how this whole process works and has never played a snap of pro football in my life, I didn't realize until getting to know Cam that – you um, don't really get paid until the, the season is here. So you get paid week one, you get paid throughout the games, but you don't get paid in the off season. So you really have to learn how to budget. And on top of that, you could be with a team all of training camp and you only make a small amount of money. Your paycheck and salary does not kick in until the, the whistle blows during week one. And so, you know, as an outsider, that's just some information that I've learned that I found super interesting because you just think it works like corporate America where you get a paycheck every two weeks. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. I mean, I think, obviously, through my experience, I mean, from what I heard from the NFLPA, you know, I was with the Cowboys last year, and the lockout was even two years away, and even they were telling us, hey, save your money, because there's going to most likely be a lockout, and I think that's definitely, like, something that guys need to take into account, and kind of like you said, like, with the whole paychecks, you know, only being 17 paychecks a year, um, that's definitely a mindset where you have to, you know, think of budget, 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 and you can't really, you know, have this whole mindset of, oh, you know, paychecks coming in every week. And, you know, I think just being very conscious and being smart and, you know, kind of seeking guys that have that financial advice, I think that would be uh, really smart for a lot of guys. And, you know, I've heard stories of, you know, like um, 
the the one player you talked about who was given speeches at uh, Penn uh, on the East Coast. Uh, Br- Brandon Coast. Copeland, yeah. He's one of my uh, clients as well. So I've been able to introduce Cam and Cope as well. Yeah, he yeah. lives on 15% of his salary. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just so so cool. And I think to be able to have guys who have that kind of knowledge and, and that um, that uh, expertise is, I think, so um, invaluable, especially guys in the pro world because, you know, we're in this you know, very materialistic world where guys want to spend, 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 but you got to be very smart and very conscious of that to, you know, make that money grow and make that money last. And I think, you know, being a financial advisor, that's obviously some of the tools and some of the expertise that I hope to bring to whether it's athletes or regular, uh, you know, just blue collar everyday people. So, you know, make that money last for a long time. Right. Yeah, and Scott, you know what's you know what's tough too, right? I, I'm an I'm an NFL athlete, and I have a girlfriend. So, <laughs> so <laughs> during, I know the world is shocked to hear that. But <laughs> during this lockout, I know it. I, we have to educate the girls as well, right? Essentially, we have to educate the athletes and the girls as well. Maybe not going out as much. Maybe not going to dinner as much. So, um, I, I know you have a girlfriend. Whitney said you have a girlfriend. She's a she's a tennis player, right? So. She is. Yeah, or or was in, in and high by the way, house. Cam and I can't go out for dinner uh, until he signs with a new team because I eat too much. So I think it's been really <laughs> yeah. That's the toughest part is we all feel it. He's like, no, you can't have three pizzas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my girlfriend, you know, she played uh, college college soccer at Georgia State. So we have that competitive nature. We have that idea of all right, let's go get some food, let's go kick it. But what's your advice to the girls? What's your advice to the to the, the spouses of the athletes and, and spending and getting ready for this lockout as well? And also tell us about your girlfriend so we can learn about Monica. <laughs> yeah, so my girlfriend, Monica Robinson, like you said, she plays professional tennis. We got to meet my senior year, her junior year in college, and I met her on the first day of classes. And, uh, nice. yeah, it was awesome. We were kind of just, you know, passing through in the hallway. I was meeting a mutual friend, and um, she was also talking to another mutual friend. And um, I was getting involved in this group called Student Athlete Advisory Council. And she was already on that council for about two or three years ahead of time, so I was getting in late to the game. and. Um, our friend Mike, he goes, oh, well, Monica's in this group. Uh, you should definitely talk to her. And then that kind of you know, started the whole thing. I was able to chat her up. And obviously, it must have worked a little bit. To, for her. <laughs> You're like, don't worry, I have lots of questions. <laughs> Come up with all the questions if it means talking to Monica. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I just was able to, you know, keep in contact with her and ask her out on, on, on a date. We went a few dates and were able to, um, you know, start going out. And been dating for three and a half years now, so it's been awesome. Nice. But, uh, I mean, uh, luckily, my girlfriend is very conscious about money and finances, but I, I know having a girlfriend is definitely a business investment, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what either of you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a professional athlete, too, so maybe she, you know, on her end, she's getting advice from, from you as well, and you're, you're coaching her up how to save her money, how to get that going, so it's like a double whammy on was pretty cool. And the cool thing is both of you um, are dating independent, strong women who stand on their own two feet and are not, you know, every day waking up and relying on you to help support them and, you know, each their own, of course, but both of you are kind of dating, you know, badass women who are able to conquer the world on their own. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely humbling and, you know, to be able to date someone like Monica who is very independent, but just someone that I love being around every single day is definitely a lot of fun. It just makes life awesome and I I love her to death. And, um, but yeah, it's definitely cool to, um, you know, have that conversation about finances and stuff because, again, it's a very touchy subject and something that not a lot of people want to talk about or, but it's, it's a discussion that needs to be had, you know, once in a while, especially, you know, if you're an NFL player, you're during this lockout where money is definitely, you know, a big question mark. So, I think just, you know, just having that conversation openly and just being honest with each other and say, hey, like, this is the way it is. This is the way that we should really go about this. And kind of just being, you know, just like any relationship, just being having great communication and 
you know, being upfront and, you know, maybe saying, hey, yeah, we might not be able to, you know, go to this place or travel as much or go out to eat as much. You know, we kind of got to tone it back a little bit until, you know, Cam gets that big contract or if he gets signed somewhere or whatever it may be. But, yeah, I think just having that open communication is the biggest thing with that. Yeah, that, that's huge. And, and what about, and aside from the financial conversations, what is it like competing against her? Do you compete a lot with her? What's y'all, what are say, y'all's battles like? Both of your girlfriends played college sports, which is super unique. So I, what is it like being the cheerleader when you're used to being the one on the field? Yeah. I honestly love watching her play. It's like one of the things I enjoy the most, watching her compete. Like it's one thing to, you know, compete yourself, but to have someone out there that you love and that, and that, that you care about so much, watching her do what she loves is definitely a great experience. And it's one of, my, one of my favorite things to watch her play and compete, whether it's on the pro level or whenever we were at college, you know, her playing against the best of the best. And it's awesome. But yeah, we're super competitive. We love to just train and work out and, you know, be able to compete with each other and, uh, <laughs> I uh, grind her gears a little bit, you know, when I'm a trainer and stuff. But, you know, whether it's like playing shooting hoops or lifting or running or whatever it may be, we always try to compete and, you know, be the best. And, uh, yeah, we just love doing things together. And, yeah, it's just, she's just, just awesome. And how do you find that balance between, you know, when she's competing, chiming in and giving her feedback and just kind of sitting back and being a support system? Yeah, I mean, obviously tennis is a sport that I don't have a great deal of expertise in, so I kind of got to hold back a little bit more than, you know, if we're talking about football or something that I know a little bit more detail about. But, um, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's just great having that same mindset, you know, being athletes, college athletes and pro athletes. You kind of, you know, understand each other and kind of get each other when, you know, things go great, things don't go great, and you, uh, you're you able to kind of give some feedback here and there. But I usually try to keep my distance and allow her to do her thing because she's obviously a pro on every level and she does what she's doing more than I do. So <laughs> I'm trying to, like, like getting her way too much. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a blast to watch her do her thing and do really well. Yeah, maybe one day we can get her on the Energy Captains podcast uh, to have her give us her her spiel about about tennis, really, and, and different things, uh, competing with you and whatnot. I know for me as an athlete, I don't know much about a lot of sports. In our, one of our Energy Captains podcasts, I kind of gave uh, a sports education piece, really, like on hockey, on icing and hockey, and then the scoring in tennis. So uh, different things like that. So what are some cool things that you've learned while watching her play tennis that you didn't know before? Maybe some tennis techniques or anything cool that you're like, oh, man. Like uh, people should really know about these things. I mean, I know one thing for sure. They make it look super easy. I mean, I try to pick up a racket and try to, you know, be able to rally with her and I failed miserably. Like it definitely humbled me extremely quickly to be able to, you know, do that and make it just look so effortless and um, just all all the technique with like the wrist and your hips and just knowing that it's just like a, like a brutal sport in terms of your joints and your knees and everything. I didn't really realize that because you don't really hear much about, you know, tennis players like, you know, tearing ACLs or anything like that, but just the amount of pounding that goes in your joints, I thought was absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's allowed me to have a, just a great deal of respect for what she does and what she puts her body through. And um, yeah, it's just a crazy, tough, just real sport. Wow, Football yeah. sounds uh, dainty compared to tennis now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's her what's her what's her training like? Like, what's what? Give us give us some more. What's her training like? Like, how often does she train a week? Like, how does how does she go about doing those things? Yeah, I mean, like whenever I'm with her, I mean, she's hitting every single day, so it's a little every bit day. From, like, mine's more, I've also a skill position, but a little to the point where like I don't have to snap every single day because I've kind of gotten to the point where I know my body like it's more just muscle memory than anything else. So I just snap just to kind of maintain and well, obviously like I'm. Um, on a lesson, we're like in training camp where we have to snap every single day and, you know, keep that repetitions up. But, uh, 
But for her, like tennis is more about just like kind of getting in the rhythm and, you know, being able to have that kind of, um, you know, body control and, and stuff um, when it goes into like hitting the ball and getting the feel for it. So she just hit every single day, but, um, you know, she loves to exercise just outside of tennis. So whenever I'm with her, we love to train and work out together every single day. And she has a lot of cardio, a lot of, you know, uh, um, explosive type movements and uh, definitely a lot of lower body. I mean, she has a very, very strong lower body and she's just a quick, like that's one of her strengths. She's able to kind of like outlast girls on the court. She's not the biggest or strongest. She, she's like five, four. Um, so, but, but she's able, and then girls kind of, you know, get a little, you know, um, think that they have to match in the bag when they see a five, three, five, four girl walking through the court, but she's just, I got to just, she's fierce. yeah, she, she, she doesn't take any prisoners and she's just ice in her veins and she just, she's just mentally tough and mentally disciplined to where she can just kind of outwit you and outlast you. And it's just a lot of fun to watch. And I love for both of you what champions you are of women in general, whether it's, you know, what I was doing and the nice note you wrote about my presentation or talking about your girlfriends. You both are super special people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Winnie. Yeah, of course. Um, Okay, so, you know, I think a lot of people don't know the world of long snapping, and I'm sure you're pretty used to answering these questions, but tell us how, you know, this all began. Like, what was your journey from the beginning, and how does one become a long snapper? Yeah, so... I think for long snappers, I can pretty much speak that no one really dreams of being a long snapper. Like growing up, it's not a very glamorous position, like, you know, like a quarterback or running back or wide receiver or linebacker where, you know, they get all the, all the showcase and attention. But for me, I thought I was going to play college baseball. Baseball was my first score. Like I love it. So I've played baseball my whole life and kind of play football on the side, just as, you know, trying to keep in shape. And I just like, like the sport and want to learn more about it. So um, didn't think much of it. Like I snapped when I started playing football in fifth grade, but didn't really give it much thought other than I was the only kid that can really do it. So, but start going into my sophomore year, my sophomore head coach, uh, he, he was a kicker at Illinois state. So kind of knew the world, of specialist kicking, punting and long snapping a little more than others. And he took a look at me on the first day of practice and said, Hey, you can be pretty good if you start going to camps and put in the work. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Like I'm going to go play <laughs> and go college pro and like baseball is my thing. So, so then, um, so I kind of like took his word for it. He kind of, you know, kind of bugged me a little bit more about it. And I uh, went to this long snapping coach called Chris Rubio. He does camps all over the country and gets guys in the college and pros uh, at a crazy level. And he actually ranked me number four in the country at my, oh, at wow. my first camp. So that definitely started to change my mindset a little bit. I'm like, hey, uh, maybe I can do this. And I love that this was your side hustle and you just show up and you're number four in the country. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like just crazy how it works sometimes. Like I worked my entire life with baseball and then like just started to give long snapping a thought and it just, uh, it, it worked out that way. And it was getting to the point where like I was putting so much effort into both and was only getting a little bit better at baseball, but I was starting to make leaps and bounds, uh, you know, steps and strides. Go all uh, in on your strengths. That's yeah. what Gary Vee always talks about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then I kind of had made a decision my junior year in high school, whether I was going to, go down which path was I going to do both was I going to do just baseball just football so I decided to put all my eggs in one basket went with football and had, I was able to travel the country going to college camps and um, you know work with Chris uh, on, on, on my craft and trying to get as best I can and luckily I was ranked number one in, in, in my high school class after a couple of years and I wow. was able to get a- number one yeah number one yeah. Uh, we have number count. one on the energy Champions podcast <laughs> yeah. like, what yeah. an honor we have number one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then luckily junior year, um, January, my junior year was offered a full scholarship to Northwestern and which is a great, a great honor. And then, but uh, in the back of my head, Notre Dame was my number one choice. I, you know, fell in love with the school when I went for a visit my junior fall and 
um, was able to, you know, keep on keep on keeping on with Notre Dame and luckily was able to get a full ride offer uh, April of my junior year and committed right in the spot right there. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was just a crazy journey. I was able to have, have a very solid career at Notre Dame and um, finish out with a second team All-American there. And um, yeah, just, just try to take it, you know, as far as I could, you know, it's definitely a unique position. Like not many people know about it unless you mess up. So yeah. Uh, and how, how do you long snap? So it's kind of like throwing a baseball, like a, like a, a football, but it's just upside down. So like they're called like upside down quarterbacks. Some people um, refer them to. So uh, so with my right hand, my dominant hand, I grip it like a normal football. Like I would throw, and then my left hand, I kind of place it in the middle seam of the football, and kind of just it's more like a sixty forty with my right hand to my left hand. So I kind of just it's just more like a muscle memory feel and kind of like a golf swing. You have to just do it over and over and over again to try and get that feel down and. You know, just be good enough to where you can go on that field and really not think about it. Like it's kind of the same thing with Cam. I'm sure he just yeah, getting that muscle memory down in practice, and when you go out there, you just let go and just play. So yeah, yeah, and I, I have definitely. I have a big respect too for specialists, man. I feel like for me, I'm a special teams guy, and long snappers. You know, we run down that field on punt really, and and if you have a great long snapper that can make tackles, that's that's pretty awesome. So a lot of people don't show love to the kickers, to the long snappers, but in my heart, you guys are numero uno. You guys are all Americans in my heart, my man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a high-pressure position, but I, I enjoy it. I love having the ball in my hand. I love, you know, having a direct impact in the special teams game. And I love, you know, being able to, you know, help pin the team back, whatever, you know, obviously helping uh, get, get that ball back there for a field goal and helping the team get points. So it, it's definitely a high-pressure, but I love, you know, that that high-pressure, that high-stakes. And yeah, able to, and feel – and field, and field, goal, field goals are big, are big are big moments in the game, right? They can make you win or lose games. I know in the NFL, a lot of these games are are decided by the last about by, by three points, I think. And you can get three points in a game by by long snapping and getting that ball back to the to the place that place guy and uh, and the field goal kicker. So I think that's pretty awesome. And your your coordination is amazing. I think if I tried to snap a ball back, it would you know go into the crowd to the side. I'd hit myself in the face. So <laughs> you know, I don't think people realize the precision that you have and how impressive that is yeah thank you yeah it's uh, definitely you know a sport that in uh, a craft that takes a long time to kind of master and you know just takes you know just hours and hours of practice just like anything else to you know get that 10,000 hours to be an expert you know kind of mindset and uh yeah I just love it and just hoping to do it for as long as I can and is, is baseball behind you do you think or is there still possibility <laughs> no it's definitely behind me yeah I, I have a play competitively my junior year in high school but I, I still love playing it. Mean, I'm a diehard cup fan and I, I love going to games and you know to be able to um, play in Notre Dame we actually got to play in two baseball stadiums we got to play in Yankee Stadium in Boston and Fenway Park which was wow. unbelievable so there's the combining of your worlds right there <laughs> yeah it, it definitely came from a full circle you know obviously I didn't have the opportunity to play professional but I got to play in two pro stadiums okay. so it was definitely and definitely one of the coolest things about Notre Dame. And congratulations on your recent World Series. We missed Joe Madden down here in Tampa. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah, the, the uh, team's definitely fun to watch, that's for sure. Awesome. And so, um, you know, I know that you mentioned that you're, you have an XFL tryout coming up, so tell us a little bit about that. And then, um, you know, what, what your future plans are in football. I know the financial advising path is going to be awesome down the road, but that's, you know, for when football is over. So tell us kind of what you have coming up in the football pipeline. Yeah, so with specialists, it's really tough. I mean, um, you know, it's really tough to get in, but once you're in, you can find yourself having a career for 10 years onward. And it's just really because there's so many guys. There's only one position uh, per team in terms of long snappers, so there's only 32 guys in the entire world that have this job. So 
Um, the uh, turnover rate is not very high, but uh, once you're in, you're pretty much locked in for a good amount of time. So uh, for me, I've just been trying to stay in shape, and you know, the free agent life is definitely tough and difficult sometimes. Definitely. But I'm just make do with the, yeah with yeah. Uh, uh, every um, opportunity that comes my way. So uh, with the AAF folding, it was you know unfortunate, but obviously I'm keeping my eyes set on the NFL and the XFL came along, and I thought it was a cool opportunity to be able to get invited to their summer showcase coming July. So they're going through their tryouts and process right now. And hopefully I'm able to put on a good show come July and, you know, be able to hopefully get signed there and just bottom line, just, you know, keep my foot in the door and be able to show teams that I can still do this thing. And, you know, every long snapper has a crazy journey. Like there are guys that it sometimes takes two, three, four, even five years to even break into the NFL, let alone, you know, play for a long time. So it's definitely a crazy journey. It's been a wild ride, but um, yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. And with, you know, 32 positions available, a couple questions. Is it difficult when you see a friend get one of those positions? And then how do you know when you should, you know, say, okay, it's my football career is behind me. I don't think it's worth using my time to continue pursuing a position. Um, you know, and how do you know when there's still an opportunity available? It is, it is crazy because the long snapping world is a very, very small world. Like, obviously, I know Drew Ferris and, like, even for the Bucks, uh, Zach Triner. He, he's an awesome guy I've gotten to know over the years. And um, it's definitely a small world, you know, going to camps throughout high school and playing it either in college and going to also camps, you know, throughout the pro level. Uh, it's definitely a small world with the specialist world. So it's kind of cool to know the majority of guys that are playing at the pro level. So it's not really like a, you know, feeling bad about it, but it's more just, you know, being able to like, hey, I, like, know that guy. That's, like, awesome. And, you know, being You're able to see him. Them. Yeah. Yeah, you're more happy from anything else. Yeah. Your friends, your friends after. Well, while you're playing on the field, hey, it's it's your, your your competition right now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a crazy you know thought to kind of wrap your head around you know having it being yes, he's part of competition, but at the same time, you guys are friends and you're all going for the same spot. And it's more about what you you can control than you know what happens to them if they mess up or anything like that. Nice. So I just try to uh, know myself and put myself in the best opportunities. But um, but in terms of you know hanging it up, uh, it's definitely. I think for any athlete, you know, it's definitely a tough thing to, to come come to fruition. And, um, yeah, just the, the, the mindset of being able to say, like, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. Something that a lot of people have done for a long, long time. And it's something that, you know, um, that I love and want to keep on going. But when I can honestly look myself in the mirror and know that opportunities aren't coming my way and I probably should hang it up and I'll have no problem, you know, calling it quits. And um, obviously just hoping to have a good plan B, you know, with this whole finance thing and, I'll be able to transition as smoothly as possible. Yeah, that transition phase is huge, man. We just we were talking to one of my teammates, Jeremy Wilkes, who played at Syracuse and embracing that, right? And a lot of athletes go through that dark phase where it's like, man, like I, this is all I've done my whole life and this is all I know and I don't want to go back to square one, back home to what I'm used to, you know what I'm saying? So I think that is pretty cool that you're having your backup plan, that tax, that, uh, you know, taking these these seven series exams and get, take, using that Notre Dame degree to the best advantage that you can that's pretty awesome and I think to that point how do you what tips you have to stay positive during this transition or this unknown time because I think when you don't know when something's going to end or how it's going to end it can start to feel very dark and overwhelming so how do you stay positive in those unknown moments yeah I think just having a positive mindset is the one thing that you have to have throughout this whole process I mean if you don't then it can this whole you know, free agent life can definitely swallow you up and be very, very difficult for anyone in, in any sport. And I think for me, just knowing that, A, I know deep down that I can do it, and it's just more about me having the opportunities to showcase my abilities. So um, anytime when any of these opportunities show up, whether it's the NFL or the AAF or the XFL, I'm just trying to prepare myself as best as I can and know that 
I'm going to go out and do my very best. If it works out great, if not, then I know I can look myself in the mirror and know that I try my very best. And, you know, during this whole process, some people have to have some luck. And, you know, sometimes luck, you know, rolls in other guys' favor a little more than yours, whatever it may be. You just have to, you know, kind of take the punches as they roll and uh, just, you know, give yourself the best opportunities to to just succeed and um, just kind of capitalize. What are you What are you excited about for the XFL? I, I've I've heard a little bit about it. I know some people are starting it up. Vince McMahon, I think he's the president or he's the owner of it, right? So, what are some other exciting faces or exciting things that you're that you, that that's going into the XFL? I think it's very exciting. I think the opportunity, um, you know, seeing the AAF firsthand that there definitely is a need for football during the spring. I mean, we definitely got good results in terms of television viewership and. People who want to see the game football, you know, being played well and guys who are, you know, on the bubble for whatever reason who aren't playing the NFL. There are a lot of guys, talented players out there that are, are that, that, that can play at the pro level and just need that second chance. So I think it's, it's a great opportunity for the players to be able to have that opportunity and exposure to showcase their talents and hopefully get another opportunity at the next level. But also for the fans, I think, to be able to have that high caliber of football, you know, in, in the off season, you know, so to speak, for the NFL and just be able to, you know, have as many guys play the game football um, for as long as they can. And I think it's just a really cool opportunity for a lot of um, a lot of players, a lot of coaches. Coaches are able to, you know, get a second chance at jobs and opportunities. And I think it's just, just a win-win for everyone. Yeah, you said the AAF. You said that everybody was on the same page there. They're some of the best football that you ever played. That's really awesome to hear. And I really hope that the XFL can bring that same feeling to you. And so when you do go through it, you can share that experience again here on the Energy Captain. So that's that's pretty awesome. And I know also, obviously, the ultimate goal is the NFL. And, um, you know, we're two of your biggest fans. And, you know, for any teams out there, I can't think of a higher quality person. I mean, you definitely deserve to be on that big stage. And when it happens, we're going to be here cheering you on. And I know, you know, same goes for Cam. You know, you both really deserve, you know, to be on one of those 32 teams. And any team would be super lucky to have you. So I can't wait to have the follow-up when we can be like, remember when we were chatting about free agency and look at them now? Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a definitely a crazy ride, crazy journey, you know, for everyone in the NFL. But you guys just... Stay positive, like you said, and have a positive outlook, be a half-glass-full kind of guy, and uh, yeah, just with the flow. Yeah, well, from, from athlete to athlete, I'm praying, and specialist to specialist, right? I consider myself a specialist. I, I'm hoping for the best the, the best and the greatest health for you, um, the best of luck going into the XFL. Snap your tail off uh, and hoping that you guys cover some great kicks out there, man, and for your 7 Series test, man, just go ahead and knock it out the park. Yeah, you can have all, all our money when you're done playing football. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, bro. Thank you for joining the Energy Captains. This is uh, Cam Lynch here with Whitney Holtzman, uh, my co- co-host Energy Captain, and uh, brother Scott Daly here from, from Notre Dame. Uh, trying out for the XFL pretty soon here. He's going to get it. He's going to make it happen. Uh, much love to you, my guy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, All right, guys. talk to you soon. Awesome. All right, bye. All right, best of luck.